Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to... Breakfast with Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, Kermit D. Frog, I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA impact zone with one of those metal detector wands. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the egg guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Alright everyone Breakfast has an extra chair this week What's up everyone It is Breakfast with Blossy I am Don Tony as always It is actually Thursday June 7, 2018. I know we normally do these on Wednesdays, but for this episode, I am not alone. I am joined along with... Pause. <laughs> Pause. Dramatic effect. <laughs> Anthony Missionary Thomas. I your internet went out again. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I swear to God, I was about to say, fuck! Damn! <laughs> uh, you know, I want to welcome Mish... Uh, I know these shows are always solo shows that I do, but I had to bring them aboard, and you were very, uh, you know, accommodating to for doing this episode. And quite honestly, I wasn't doing it. And uh, the reason why I wasn't doing it, first and foremost, is because real work got in the way on Wednesday, sure. and I was so exhausted mentally and just with no sleep. I was like, I just can't do it today. I'll do it Thursday. Right. Plus, I wanted to have the CM Punk stuff sink in a little bit. Then uh, this WWE for your consideration started leaking out, and I was like, oh, I got to cover that too. Then Thursday came, and I thought about it, and I was like, you know, there's probably, of everybody that I know, there's nobody that probably follows CM Punk closer than you do. 
And I know that our discussion as far as the case and other things will be so in-depth, and I, I know that you have actually followed this closely from sure. research, just not from listening to other shows. Big difference. Sure. Plus, your comments in the past of Stephanie McMahon, and what was that famous line that she said? Philanthropy uh, is the future of marketing. Yes, and I think it was on full view in California yesterday. So I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to have a abbreviated conversation with Kev on Monday about these two topics, but I know you and I in breakfast soup style would fucking really go balls out on it. So that is why Mish is joining me today. This episode will be a little bit abbreviated because like I said, um, number one, I mean, I only did a show a couple of days ago, so is you know, I don't want to repeat a lot of things, but right. we're going to get into a couple of important topics, the two, like I said, and a few others, and then we're going to get out of here as quickly as we can. And, uh, sure. yeah, I told you that I actually tonight have a little reunion dinner to go to all my buddies that I know since I was a kid hung out with since I was like 10, some of them I haven't seen in 10 years, 15 years. About that? No, 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 not at all, because I communicate with them a lot on Facebook. Okay. But we haven't hung out or had dinner or anything like that, so we're all getting together tonight at 7.30. So this is going to be another rally with the boys then, huh? Yeah, and there's going to be oh, probably uh, some interesting photos posted on Facebook. And, oh, uh, no. you know, <laughs> my girl's fine with it because she knows I'm not going out clubbing after, even though a couple of my friends are going to this club famous in Queens called Vitro. It's like, you know, we're all... You're not throwing anything at buses, are you? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> and you know what? Before I go any further, you know, I don't remember the gentlemen's names on social media, Facebook, Twitter, that I was having a little back and forth with the last couple of days. You know, I want to apologize for just really get really going down on something a little bit too much. I think what it comes down to is, and this is also a follow-up from Monday, because, you know, I know I really got passionate about HIPAA stuff and about the CM Punk case because, and I'm just going to just throw it out there. You know, when we do these shows, it's based on our research, our reaction, our thoughts and process. And I don't follow other people's shows other than yours, famous wrestlers. I might listen to Solo Monster once in a while, but there's so much work going on. I base my work on my research and my views and bounce it off of Kevin everything. And, you know, I rip websites and podcasts because I know about 90% of the listeners follow other shows and websites as well. And when they are constantly being grossly wrong and irresponsible and just poor grammar and stuff like that, like I find myself always having to correct people who bring things to my attention. And right. on Monday, I purposely did something. And those guys on social media, Solomon's page and others, I don't want to say fell into my trap, but they proved my point as to why I always say goofy podcasters and websites. Right. I, I say it a thousand times. I'll say it one extra time. It is not directed towards our listeners, our family patrons, non-patrons. It is goofy podcasters and goofy websites. 99.7% of the people listening are not podcasters or websites. So please, I'm not talking about you. But you see on Monday, uh, we did the show. And what happened the last two, three days? Oh, DT was wrong. CM Punk yeah. got cleared. 
I never yeah. said that. Never ever fucking said that once. I never made a prediction if he was going to win or if he was going to lose. A, a good show, a good news broadcast, a new, a good discussion show, radio, TV, podcast, whatever it both is. Sides. You take yeah. both sides and you look at all the aspects of the case. We wanted CM Punk to win. I remember Monday saying it two or three times. We hoped that he would win, but I never made a prediction. What right. I what I did do was I pointed out text messages that did not, you know, they weren't you kosher. You out the inconsistencies yeah. of Punk's side, yeah, Punk's which would be basically harmful to him. And and I think in a way might have been right. harmful, but it wasn't enough clearly to sway the jury. Right. Well, well, the thing is, and this is what people need to understand, when I brought this, the text messages, all right, you have him texting wrestlers, Cole Cabana, other sure. people about the lump. Right. And then in his testimony, he says he never showed it to anybody. He never told anybody except for the doctor. Totally contradicted what he said earlier, but here's the deal. This is what a lot of people didn't understand. He wasn't on trial. And he wasn't, you know, uh, it's not that he would have been found guilty of perjury. All right, what, what basically was going on is, is that he was being sued for defamation. So right. whether he lied in his testimony or not doesn't change the fact that there was defamation or not. All right, they can still rule in favor of him, and it has zero to do with if he, his testimony was inconsistent. You could lie through your teeth, and yeah, you're not supposed to lie under oath and in court and given a deposition, but if what you're saying, whether you told people or you didn't, still did not change the fact that the doctor didn't get harmed financially. It doesn't matter in the outcome. And the one thing that well, I, I think what they were trying to do, and this was this was my position coming from it, and I even discussed this Thursday. Thursday, to be fair though, too, with a lot of people like, oh, you guys weren't really on on point. And Thursday, we only had day two information, right? So Thursday of last week, not all of uh, of Russell Zone's records had come out at the point right. that we started doing it, or if they they were coming out, we were in the middle of a fucking show. So. Now, can we say something? Sure. Kudos and bravo to WrestleZone because a lot of times, you know, the you know some of the articles are like a little bit out there. Right. But, you know, I don't know the guy's name. I can't remember offhand who was actually in the court, but he did a phenomenal job. And it was good to see Punk and Cabana give them a couple of minutes. Yeah, because they they really this guy really did do uh, great work in covering this case. It wasn't just big supporters of CM Punk. You know, yes, did he get a little dramatic at times? Oh, Dr. Amon's eyebrow raised. And <laughs> uh, I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, come on. But if you notice, I didn't bring it up because, right. hey, you're in support of someone. You want to see them win. Yeah, you might be a little dramatic. I'm guilty of that all the time. Sure, you know, but they, he did a really good job. He really yeah, did. Yeah, they were very thorough about everything. I was actually very impressed. You know, yeah. like uh, if wrestling fans or wrestling sites continue to do stuff like this during uh, different depositions, you know, I think wrestling news itself might get a little bit of weight to it. Yes. More of a, uh, of a I guess you want to say, uh, maybe to the AP, might actually have a little bit of clout yes. if uh, stories are presented like this in this fashion. And like you said, WrestleZone, coming from WrestleZone, I mean, that was the first thing I said on Thursday was, <laughs> wow, I'm I'm a little surprised that this is coming from WrestleZone. 
and I mean, maybe it was kind of like a backhanded compliment because, you know, I I tend to do those sometimes, but Mm. it was, (laughs) it wasn't totally, it it wasn't a dig. I was genuinely fucking surprised that, you know, Russell's own, who's a lot of the times a rumor site can double down and give facts straight as they happen in in a concise way, you know, in, in a precise way, not a concise, sorry, right? in a precise way where everyone understood what was going on. He... Uh, they both actually uh, really did a good job explaining the feeling yes. in the courtroom, which yes. is something I thought was very important, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it was really well done. It was really well written out. I mean, they got the gist of it without having to sit there and, you know, have a stenographer sitting there writing out every damn note. Right. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't that level of crazy, but it was a it was a good amount of crazy. It was a good amount of explanation. And that court that court case itself sounded a little bit crazy to begin with. Mm-hmm. Sure. I actually bust out laughing when they pointed out uh, that an entire eighth grade class. <laughs> yeah. Well, they like, do that. They do that a lot. They they will bring them in so they could sit in and see what it's like to be in a courtroom and this, this, and that. And, um, you know, that that's actually happens all the really? time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of field no, trips. I field trips. don't have many court cases, so I yeah. don't know. Field trips. I remember when I was in high school. I remember we went to some, or we we got invited. The you know it's it's not mandatory. You don't have to go, but they do. Right. You know they'll tell you to go to they'll go to court things or go to other proceedings this and that. But you know, but that goes to show you what I said earlier. You know, when you do your direct research, that's the reward. What we saw with WrestleZone's recap, it, the guy didn't recap based on what he heard on another podcast. You know what I'm right. saying? But <clears throat> but I'll say this, you know, to prove what I was saying on Monday, I said that the problem I had with the whole case, and and people are more than welcome to listen to it again, is that I couldn't figure out where Dr. Aman has suffered financially because of this, defamed. And I said, if they were going to rule in favor of him, I wouldn't be surprised if it was for $1. And, you know, Kev and a lot of people didn't understand that idea. And courts do do that. In fact, you know, for people that are into like current like events and a lot of race tension and this and that, there is a case that just happened. I don't have all the details. I just saw it in passing a couple of days ago. But some black guy who I think was... um, I don't. I don't want to say he was. Ki- he might have been killed or or injured by police, but something. There was a a, a case uh, that was filed in court for damages, yeah. personal injury, and I think the court awarded him four dollars. <laughs> I don't know all the de- I don't know any of the details, so I'm going to leave it general. It might even not even had to do with police, to be honest with you. I think it does because, you know. It, why else would somebody, you know, people bring this up the way they did? It's usually because law enforcement, which would deservingly so. But right. my whole stress on Monday was why I thought, like, no matter no matter if CM Punk lied or not on some of his testimony, whether he got confused, I don't think he was intentionally trying to lie. No. I think that he was probably embarrassed by the lump. I think he probably talked to wrestlers but didn't say that it was staff or, you know, certain things that it was. He downplayed it to other wrestlers. Sure. and But meanwhile, it was probably more serious. But in everything that I followed with this, I couldn't find anywhere where Dr. Aman suffered financially. And, you know, for people that are asking, 
why did CM he never Punk brought up any financial? Like, okay, yes. it, it, you're right about that. The weirdest thing was like, he does he even have a private practice? Like, I know he works for WWE. Everybody knows that. But does he have an outside private practice? I couldn't find any information. No, no. And I and I think in the closing arguments, they said that he can't even post a picture of his father without somebody calling him Dr. Z-Pak. That's a personal social media page. If people, if you are going to make your page public, and people are going to make digs at you, you make your page private or you close your social media account. You're, you're not, re- you don't, you, you're not required to have a social media account. It's not his business. Like right. if he was posting, if he would have said that he was posting things related to his job, open the new right. office, you know, extended days, you know, if treat- it was his business page, I was getting hit like this. It would have been like for his private practice or whatever. It would have been like okay there's there's something there yeah and and honestly yeah and and the thing also with dr aman and i mentioned this in passing on monday but i think it's probably one of the most important things cm punk in part of his conversation said that he needed an excuse form from dr duffy who is the dermatologist of aj lee Right. And he said that right. he got that because no one in WWE would answer his calls, texts, or emails about what was going on. All right. And I I said this Monday, Dr. Aman's lawyers never pursued to see proof of text messages, call logs, or anything like that. That was never ever cross-examined. It was never confronted. Right. And if they have text messages of him talking to Zack Ryder. They can pull the same text messages. They could just, you know, do a subpoena for them. So I don't think Dr. Aman had a strong case at all. No. Um, and I'm glad that they got cleared. I feel bad for well, Colt. Do you, do you subscribe to, I mean, afterwards, uh, obviously after the court case itself, CM Punk did a couple of interviews. Yeah. Uh, he did that quick little, you know, uh, I guess I want to say two second interview with Russell zone. And then he also did another one with, uh, MMA fighting.com. Yeah. I saw that 25 million interview. Right. And he talked about that and, and he was very careful, very careful with the way he said it, mm-hmm. but he is, and, and without, and uh, without trying to sit there and say that I believe, but he was, completely <laughs> behind the notion that WWE was doing this just to fuck with him because even to the point where, I mean, uh, I forgot the interviewer's name. I keep for Ariel or, or I, yeah. I keep Hel- Helwani. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he turns around and he says, well, do you think that, uh, they did this in order to screw with your fight? Yeah. You know? And he's like, well, you know, they did push it because of like some kind of, you know, legalese work and everything else. He's like they they did have to keep you know uh, re re pushing it back pushing it back pushing it back. Yeah. I mean, when you think that he's literally fighting this weekend, mm-hmm. if this entire case went down the other way, I, I think he would have been devastated. Yeah, or he could have gotten even more work and an even bigger payday for people that would have been sympathetic to him. They would have said, "All right, we'll get a." They probably would have seen GoFundMe pages open, you know, to help him with paying off whatever it would have been liable for. So I don't think he would have I had his up free shirts for Colt. <laughs> Oh yeah, well you know you want to know something. I am gonna order one of those shirts for Colt just just to you know because of what happened, yeah. um, because well you people know, think that they that's the other misconception that's going on right now too. DT is a lot of people think that because they won they don't have to pay anything. No, they had to pay attorney fees. But here's right. the thing, you know, 
Um, number one, well, they could sue for that. Yeah, right. Well, number one, Hawani is is very very smart. Yes, because and CM Punk saw it. You know, is not stupid about it, and was just as intelligent as Hawani. Hawani will throw a scenario out there. And CM Punk, like you said, would be very careful with his words. And what did you see on social media pages? Oh, CM Punk says that he might go after Aman. CM Punk thinks that WWE was behind the whole thing. CM Punk never said that. No. But because Helwani threw it out there and CM Punk was very careful on giving a good, you know, neutral answer. People will hear what they want to hear, and they will interpret it, and they will say, oh, you see, WWE screwed with CM Punk. Hey, do you remember when he got married? That's when they gave him his quitting, his papers, and he was good, let go. It's people reading between the lines yes. on the level of wrestling fandom. There's nothing that's wrong. Because as wrestling fans, that's what we do. We, we yes. read between the lines of the storylines and the matches and everything else like that. Right. However, when it comes to real life, even when it is wrestlers, you really can't do that. Exactly. And if you're going to read between the lines, you know, you have to also bring up like, look, he didn't say that. But, you know, you look at everything and you come to your own opinion about it. You see, on Monday when I said everything I said on the show and you had a couple of people fucking with me on social media pages, there was one guy who came out immediately and said, no, DT never predicted one way or the other. He was looking at both sides. And that's what I try to do. I try to look at the entire case. I'm not going to just be totally one-sided and say blah, 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 or blah, 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 blah. I mean, look, you look at the transcript, and you see that, wait a minute, this doesn't match with this. He said he never showed it to Colt, but Colt said that he saw it and looked like half an egg. You know, yeah. little things like that. And me, you know, I'm a nobody. And you know, you'd see little things like this. And you could come to whatever conclusion you want. But, you know, this is going to be interesting going forward for everybody, podcasters across the board. All right, even if they would have been held liable, all right, you know, CM Punk obviously was extremely frustrated with WWE, is still massively frustrated with WWE. Uh, if everybody thinks that there's, you know, a possibility of him going back there anytime soon, it still does not seem like it, I mean, at all. Right. Um, he is, you know, this is the first time, like he said, since 2015 that everything is done. You know, and this is the one thing, you know, why really stressed on the way people were titling these articles. CM Punk and Cole Cabana versus Dr. Aman, that's not what happened. Right. They were, you know, you read that, that's just wrong. It's it's not even a play on words, oh, you're being a little nitpicky. That's not what happened. They were being sued. And right. anybody can try to sue you for any reason, and you still have to hire a lawyer. You still have to defend yourself in court. So, you know, the amount of money that was spent by CM Punk and Cole Cabana was no small amount of change. And I Let me ask you this yeah. while we're still on the topic, because I, I know you're kind of going in with this, but do you think that the anti-slap laws, specifically here in Illinois, which are the Citizen Participation Acts, but uh, do you think that that would apply in this case where anti-slap, uh, for people that don't know, was originally, uh, uh, I think it was originated in California mm -hmm. in order to protect people against frivolous lawsuits. Right. 
do you think like something like that would take effect here in Illinois? <clears throat> See, to be honest with you, everybody listening, before we did the show, all I said was, hey, Mitch, you want to talk a little CM Punk, WWE, Empowered oh. shit? <laughs> we did not plan any of what we're going to bring up. No, what you just I, what you just I, said is a beautiful example why you're here, because you're bringing up something that is very very important that people should look at, that this is something that you know could possibly help CM Punk if they want to try to restitute. The pro right. the problem with that is is that you know when you talk about a person in their private practice or even if they're working for an employer and the employer is based in a different state you got to be very careful about that because you see here in new york i'll give you a good example in insurance this is the best way i could to compare it and Go then i'll tell and then i'll tell you why i don't think cm punk and cole cabana are going to counter sue for any legal fees All right. um i work in insurance and once in a while, once in a blue moon, I have a customer who's involved in an auto accident with someone that has Texas plates or Michigan plates. And what happens is nine times out of 10, the police officers who show up at the accident site don't really do their diligence as far as getting all the insurance information on the other person. I think a, a, a majority of people who drive in New York with Texas plates or other plates know damn well that New York cops and New York insurance can't run their insurance to see if it's in effect or not. Here in New York, we have barcodes on our ID cards. Mm -hmm. I get pulled over, whether it's an accident, a ticket, suspicious of something. They could scan my barcode and see if my coverage is still in effect. They could go in a DMV database, see if my coverage is in effect or if it lapsed. If it lapsed, I get five points driving without insurance. Mm -hmm. You get into an accident, and I'll be quick with this. You get into an accident with someone with Texas plates. Even if there's a barcode, New York has no authority to scan Texas insurance or Texas this or Texas that. So what ends up happening is you get a police report. And most of the time, it doesn't have the Texas insurance information on there. So now what happens is, you know, my customer tries to go after the person in Texas. Person sure. doesn't answer phone calls, doesn't respond to letters. Then what What could you do? And a lot of people think, okay, take that person to small claims court. Sure. The problem so is, is that you have to file a small claims court in the area where you live and the person that you were going after, you I can't go to small claims court and start suing someone in Texas. All right, the person has Isn't to be in a, yeah, it has to be in a district in New York. In order to do that, though, you have to hire a lawyer, and there is a tremendous procedure involved. So wow. you know, so I have people that will have an accident, like I want to take this person to small claims court, and then as soon as you go on, and I welcome anybody to do this online, even if you live outside of New York. Just search New York Small Claims Court, and no, you say somebody sue somebody in New York, I'm right? Like, oh. Yeah, you have to sue somebody <laughs> in New York, and it's not fucking easy. So, what you're saying as far as the protection, the problem is, is that what you said is right in a way that I can't turn around and just sue someone I don't know tomorrow simply because I want to make some money. Because right. because it does happen sometimes. Well, that's where that comes into play, the anti-slap Right, stuff. that comes into play because I can take that guy on social media right now, the one that was dogging me. Right. I could somehow get his address, do an IntelliSearch, 
go on small claims. I'm just let's just pretend he lives right, in New right. York. Also, I could go on small claims and put him sue him and pay thirty dollars online and sue him in small claims court, saying that um, he he damaged my car. Just some ridiculous, and he right. gets the paper in the mail, and he's like, I don't know this fucking person, and he throws it in the garbage. Because he doesn't show up in court, I win by default. And those laws protect that, that someone can't just turn around and sue someone for some you know ridiculous or, uh -oh. or, or, or fake thing. In Dr. Aman's eyes, he believed that he was defamed, being butt hurt, being insulted, being well, offended. Well, obviously, he, he was also willing to travel with lawyers to Chicago. Right. He took it to the next level, whereas if he was trying to do that from a distance and he never showed up in Chicago, then that court case would have probably been dismissed and nothing of it. Yeah. See, if Dr. Oman would have even won and got awarded a dollar, that would have sent a message to everybody else out there, don't fuck with Dr. Oman. Someone else already lost. CM Punk may have only been liable for a dollar. You may not be so lucky. You know, CM Punk is very careful with his words, as you could tell with that interviews, the, the interviews he's done lately. Yeah. Cole Cabana is very careful with his words. Yeah. But some, pardon my language, goofy podcaster isn't as careful, may not end up being as lucky as those guys. And Dr. Oman, you know, with all of the bullshit that he's dealing with online, he could start throwing out lawsuits to everybody. I mean, everybody jokes over the years that Hulk Hogan is lawsuit happy, but, look, you know, he did that's much bigger scale. Um, but the reason why I don't believe CM Punk or Colt Cabana ever even thought about um, countersuing you know, for these expenses is because I think deep down inside, they both realized, you know, we really exaggerated as far as what went down. Maybe some of what happened with the with this staff infection is because CM Punk didn't immediately walk into a hospital, you know, calling it a baseball when it's not even the size of an net. So I, there was things See, there that, that was, you know what, though, that. I I still think that that's speculative because, I mean, they were trying to sit there and say that nobody saw it, you know, at at the point. But, I mean, he was the first guy to jump on Opie and Anthony or Opie and Jimmy uh, at the time when uh, fucking nationally syndicated radio uh, on video showing everybody his scars. You can actually see right. them on YouTube. Well, I'm not. I'm not. Take a look at him. No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying. But the other thing, too, that I was also bringing up, which I, I did bring up on Thursday when they were discussing that point, too, is that, oh, that we didn't see anything. I'm like, Joe, Joe himself last year yeah. just went through the exact same thing where it was a little bump on the top. Mm. But by the time the doctors were done digging it out, he literally had a giant crater. And he said he still does. You want to know something? He has a crater in his fucking back. You want to know something? If you go on my personal Facebook page, yeah, click on one of the closer up photos of me with my girlfriend or my parents and you actually zoom into my face you could actually see a mark on the left side of my cheek area where it just looks like a little like spot yeah. but if you really go closer it's it's almost like a like a little crater when i caught chicken pox in 88 when i was coming out of the navy one of the pox got so like big and deep that it actually left a little crater on my face. You really yeah. can't see it unless I really point it but out that to was, you. 
that's the point though, is that yeah, on the outside, maybe Dr. Amon and other wrestlers were correct. Like, I mean, I'm sure I know uh, that WWE was really, really stupid in my opinion for putting out that video. Yes. The the close up. Yeah. yeah. Stupid because that didn't prove anything. And sure. There were people, I guarantee there were people that saw CM Punk with the trunks below. Maybe they saw his butt. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that, you know, for all that time that somebody didn't see his ass at one point, you know, but that doesn't mean that even if you see this and just looks like it's a little red or it's a little bump, that doesn't mean that it's not huge on the inside. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Joey himself, who was just going through the surgery, he literally said you had to ball up a giant wad of gauze and they shoved it in his back, like just so much gauze. And it just, it was a creepy thought, but yeah, that's what this stuff does. So when he went to, uh, AJ Lee's, uh, uh, dermatologist, dermatologist, the whole reason that I thought it was interesting that he was the one that figured out, Oh, we got a fucking problem here. But I'm you know? the only, you know, look, I think if CM Punk and Cole Cabana would have not, and I, and I don't want to say exaggerate, but I'll say it like this. Okay. I have a hernia right now, torn hernia. I have a torn hernia in the right side of my middle of my stomach area. Didn't know I had it. I don't know if I'm going to get surgery or not, but what happened was about six months ago, I started getting a burn on the center of my stomach on the right, a burn where it felt like I dropped hot water on my skin, like a sunburn, and it would linger for a little bit and go away, go away, no big deal. About two weeks ago, I went to tie my sneakers. And I put my, you know, like my ankle on top of my left knee. You know, when you pick up your leg to tie your sneakers. And somehow I knotted that hernia. And mm. I literally went on my knees, started crying in front of my girlfriend. God Embarrassed damn. as fuck. And that's how much pain it was in. All right. After a little while, you know, I felt better about it. But, you know, like it twisted somehow. But when people said to me, you know, like my mom said, what happened everything? I said, it felt like somebody stabbed me with a knife. I'm exaggerating, but I know that that pain fucking hurts. So I believe CM Punk was very sick, that it was very serious, that it wasn't treated the right way. I think that because some, see, I was angry. Yeah, he He was angry. But you see, by the company, see, here's you you really have to weigh this out too. And and I'm I'm totally agreeing with you. And I'm going on this, but I really want people to understand. People that are still anti CM Punk, and there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, fuck him. You know, like some yeah, people like when they were they were kidding, but some people are legit. Yeah. You gotta realize when he did the podcast with Cole Cabana, when he did Art of Wrestling, he was fucking angry. I defend him. Even though he said he wasn't angry, <laughs> he was angry. I defend him for being that upset for the way everything turned turned up. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have any problem if he did that again if it ever happened to him or you or me or anyone else. Sure. The problem is when you get in a court of law, that's when you have to be very careful. Because right. a court of law, you know, you can't, well, I feel a little sorry well, for him. You know, he was going through a lot, he's stressed. Court of law isn't always as sympathetic. And no, I think right. I understand the facts. And I think that's the reason why him and Cole Cabana did not count as for legal cost, or nor do I think Cole Cabana. I, I don't think, think Cole Cabana can look, and I'm not saying that the well, guy's broke. you know, not for nothing between me and you. I don't know if you noticed this too. Let's be honest here. 
I think Cole Caban has claimed that he averages three plus million downloads a show, whatever it is. I think we could safe to say now that that was highly exaggerated because when the, the other lawyer started asking him under, you know, under oath, you know, how many, you know, how many downloads your show get? Well, you know, that's analytical. It's, you know, we, this is what right. I believe it is. Oh, you know, so now all of a sudden you're not sure how many. Well, I think, I think the 4 million for that specific episode is absolutely Absolutely. Correct. Yes. But everything but else. A million I, for every other episode. Mm, no. And I, I, and you know, and I know that we could pull our stats because sure. we pursue, we've produced, you know, pursued advertisers, so we know what our stats are. He knows yeah. what his stats are, but of course. But again, and and I have no problem with what he says or does. I he's you know he he's he's one of the best top shows out there. He deserves all of that all that, you know, following. When you get in the court of law, you have to be very careful, and that's why if you feel fuck now, I have to be specific. It's better to say. To the best of my knowledge, I believe this right. is what it is. And things like that well, is the twofold thing, too. Yeah. And, and you kind of brought it up with the sponsors. If he told the exact number, it might not be the number that he was projecting to everyone, which would piss off his sponsors. You remember that? Um, remember that streaming network? I don't remember the name of it offhand. It was a streaming network that was going to have wrestling and I think some ultimate fighting on there. And then was it, I don't remember, was it the fight network? But it was, it was a, it was some streaming network right. that I guess like closed down like a year or two ago, or there was a big lawsuit that in, in court right. because the person who ran it fudged the numbers. Yeah. That was, uh, was that podcast one? No, I don't think it was no. podcast one. Was podcast one, one is still around. Was part of. Um, well, that was Ballyhoo and something. That's not no, it. No, 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 no. There was another one that he was a part of. Yeah, that, that might the be the network. I'm not sure, but there was a yeah, network. It was part of that network because he was the one that they, they started fucking with his episodes and they started screwing with his money and he started checking things out. And then, uh, like, they, they like it, it got so silly, like, just to kind of recant a little bit of the tale that happened. I guess one of Vince Russo's people went in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the that's he put the gun on the table. <laughs> yeah. He had that's the podcast one thing, but there was actually a whole streaming network that got sued in court because they lied and they exaggerated, grossly exaggerated how many, you know, subscribers or downloads and this right. and that. And like I said, when you go to court, you have to be very careful with stuff like that. And I think that's why they didn't pursue it. I kind of feel bad um, more for Cole Cabana because oh, yeah. he was just doing a podcast and he had his friend on and, you know, I, I you listen back to it and he was reacting to what his friend was explaining. And I don't think Cole Cabana intentionally th was... Even Punk said, even Punk said in post-interviews, he's like, yeah, the person that really suffered the most from this was Scotty. Yeah. You know, and yeah, of course. I mean, shit. Uh, I, I picked up a couple shirts. I, I urge other people that obviously listening, pick up a shirt just to support them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of support also, you know, I talked Monday a little bit about the murder-suicide, uh, what Rock and Rebel uh, killed his wife yeah. and then killed himself. Um, even even that, did you see that on social media? People were saying to me, I don't know what a, what a, what a pact is. And I, I, I didn't know what a murder-suicide is. And I was like, no, he, people were calling it a murder-suicide pact. It right. wasn't that, you know, she said to him, you could kill me. 
and then kill yourself, yeah, that's a murder-suicide, you know, but the thing is, is that and Big Vito, shout out to him because there's a GoFundMe page set up for, you know, the, the kids, you know, right. just a lot of things. And yeah, Shane Douglas talked about it too. He did a good job. Yeah, he he didn't set it up, Big Vito, but he really spread the word big time. And yeah. he uh, has talked a little bit about it. And there's some very specific details as far as what happened. Um, and again, you know, the kids are like, what, 10 years old, 12 years old. And they, they yeah. you know, one of them seen daddy shoot mommy or, you know, then put the gun out of his hand. And you no. imagine going through that. So um, on my Twitter account right now, at Don Tony D, uh, one of the most recent tweets is the link for her GoFundMe page for the kids and the foundation. I donated if anybody else out there wants to join me in on that. Um, you know, because like I said on Monday, I mean, this was no pact. He killed her. He killed himself. I mean, regardless of what led up to it, I mean, if you actually read people that were close to the family, you, you could get a good idea as far as what, you know, was going on. It's just a tragic situation. And by the way, since you brought up Vince Russo too, you know, my thoughts are with him as well. Um, he announced that he was uh, not going to be on Twitter anymore, that he the account would be run by a third party and just monitoring emails and stuff like that. And, you know, right away, you know, it's like CM Punk said this in the interview with Ariel Hawani. He said that, um, that there are people out there who just get enjoyment on seeing other people suffer. And Vince Russo making that announcement, just that announcement. You know, if people want to say, oh, you, you cry wolf, you come back, you leave, you come back, you leave. You know, when at the end of Monday's DTKC show, I said, at the end of the day, everybody has feelings. Everybody has emotions. Yeah. Even famous people cry. Even famous people get offended and hurt, you know, emotionally, physically, whatever it is. All right, so... You know, when he's trying to find a happy medium and is constantly belittled, scrutinized, blamed for this, blamed for that, and then, you know, he tries to fight back and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody unleashes the hounds. I'm not sticking up for him totally. You know, he's had his opinions on Kevin Owens and others that I've disagreed with. I'm a big sure. supporter of Kevin Owens. But at the end of the day, though, that guy does not get a fair shake from a lot of people and it kind of feels like now people just have nothing better to do but to try to fuck with the guy's business with his shows you know he doesn't use the money to go on vacations i mean it is a you know part of you know his income for his family and stuff like that and I just feel bad that, you know, people sometimes drive people away. I mean, does everything he say sometimes get him own mouth in trouble? Maybe, you know, but at the same time, though, you could see, you know, people just really like ganging up and have nothing better to do but just to really like just just really just keep harassing this guy. And, you know, yeah. what happened with Podcast One was ridiculous. The stuff with Ryan Satin, I have nothing personal against Ryan Satin. I have my own feelings about it. You know, at the end of the day, come on, someone's threatening your girlfriend. You call the police right away. You don't fucking contact Podcast One. He gets, he gets hit a lot. I mean, yeah, you're right. Ryan Satin, Jim Cornette, recently Cody Rhodes. Yeah. I mean... It's I, a lot. It's a lot. And Dude, I'm not a fan of Vince Russo, 
Um, you just feel but bad. But I, I don't think that he's the fucking pariah that everybody makes him out to be. Thank you. Thank you. Like I, I said, know. if people out there don't like him, treat him like the Virgil, the infamous Virgil yeah, autograph photo title. No, but cheek. But you yeah. treat him like Virgil. Remember that infamous photo where Virgil was sitting in an autograph table and it said in, in a big banner, Virgil, former d superstar, WWF superstar, whatever it was, and there was not one person at his table. All right. No. If the guy, if you don't like the guy, just ignore it. Pay, yeah. Don't pay attention to it. You hear that he wrote something or said something? Ignore it. I can't fucking stand the Kardashians. I can't stand Jersey Shore. I see some <laughs> people retweeting shit that pops up on my wall. I don't fucking immediately start, you know, tweeting back, you know, shit on the Kardashians or how my hatred and shit. I just ignore it. You know, I'm like, thing, I actually talked to some, uh, a, a total guy, a, a guy who absolutely despises. Vince Russo, like on a level that I just, I, I'm nowhere near, you know, I, I could never be that. I, I couldn't be that involved. But anyways, um, the big reason, and I think that this is, this might actually, you know, kind of, kind of example a, a lot of fans is that a lot of people believe that Vince Russo and WCW was the death of all wrestling. And the reason that wrestling is the way it is today is because of Vince Russo. Most of the people that say that were either not born or very, very young at the time or maybe didn't follow wrestling. Some people that did follow wrestling will say that too. Don't get me wrong. But I lived through as a fan in the Monday Night Wars. You did and a lot of others as well. And WCW was already on a fucking tremendous decline before right. Vince Russo ever came aboard, you know, if you would have saw a clear-cut shift in storylines from one way to the other, okay, fine. All right, but, you know, would WCW still have gone out of business at that time if Vince Russo never came aboard? Yeah, I truly believe that. The amount of money they were hemorrhaging. The no, but I don't even think it, you're, you're talking about the business side of it. I don't even think it's the business. No, 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 side but no, no. I'll tell you why I it is the business side. Vince Russo as the butterfly. No, effect. I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why that, that anybody says it, I'll tell you why it's wrong. And it's not just to kiss Vince Russo's ass. I'm going to make a, a honest point that nobody will have an argument with. Sure. Look at the amount of money, and this is going to require require people out there to do research. Don't just listen to podcasts. Do research. Look at the amount of money. WCW was losing before Vince Russo came aboard. And oh, then yeah. here's the ace in the hole. Hemorrhaging. They were hemorrhaging. They were hemorrhaging money, and here's the ace in the hole. Even if Vince Russo would have never gone to WCW, there were no Shawn Michaels signings after that point. There were no Undertaker signings after right. that point. AOL Time Warner had a merger, and they did not want wrestling. All right, they did not want wrestling. So whether right. Vince Russo was there or not, that merger would have still taken place. Even if they would have signed Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, that deal could have still that deal was still going down. So if that deal is going down and WCW is off Turner's network and they have no place to go, you got to keep in mind this is 2001, this is not 2018. You didn't have streaming services. You didn't have all no. the outlets you have now. You don't. You, they didn't have that in 01. That's why when Eric Bischoff said as soon as they lost their TV deal, WCW was worth a hill of beans. wasn't even worth a hill of beans. All right? That's not an exaggeration. That company, even if they would have signed Triple H, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, whoever you want to say, if 
that AOL Time Warner merger was still going down anyway, and they were dropping wrestling no matter what, you'd think somebody in AOL Time Warner merger was going to say, but they signed The Undertaker, but they got DX. Didn't matter what was going to happen in WCW. They did not want wrestling. It got off the network. They had no other takers. They had no other networks that were willing to, to take them aboard. And you know what's funny about that? In hindsight, yeah. and this is just a total speculation, but in hindsight, if they would have just done what TNA did a year later, this might all be different. Yeah, the problem is, what do you do with all your employees for that year? No, I know. No, I know. There would have been a lot of problems with it. But even keeping the WCW brand alive and even bringing it back on a weekly pay-per-view, it would have been interesting. And who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe even WCW would have realigned with the NWA. How yeah. interesting would that have been? Sure. And I, I know this is a fantasy thing. Look, dude, I know we don't do fantasy stuff. But I always thought that in my head. I'm like, man, if Eric Bischoff and Jason Hervey just sat on that for a year and came back underneath the idea of a weekly pay-per-view, I don't know. I think – I think a lot of shit could have been a lot. That's not far-fetched. That is not far-fetched because, remember, the amount of major stars at that time is 50 times more than what it is now. You look at wrestling the way it is. The big problem with wrestling over the last 15 years was John Cena was shoved down everybody's throats. Yes. That this, this climate became PC. That everything is role model, social, you know, social justice and this, this and that. So you couldn't have the renegade DX like you had during the Attitude Era. So right. you you don't have you look at the stars from back then, The Rock with all his crazy promos and catchphrases and his persona in the ring. Steve Austin with the middle finger beating up his boss drinking beer. You look at DX and the and the things that they were doing. You look at the NWO and Hall and Nash and this and that. A lot of that you couldn't do in this era. Yeah, watered down, but still, it wouldn't. It you can't blame Vince Russo killing. No, wrestling. I know. It's just when you I start, know. you you just look at the business side of it. But I I agree with you. At that time, you still had a, a good fifteen, arguably fifteen main eventers in WCW oh. that could have headlined a weekly pay per view. You mm-hmm. had ECW who had, had just gone out of business, and yes, it was very watered down because a lot of the stars had picked up and gone, but you still had people who were in their 30s, Well, 20s. WCW would have made it. I don't think ECW would have made it. No, and but I'm saying I, there was enough ECW. people There were enough people out yeah. there to maybe sign for WCW and and you know bring them aboard as well. There were enough sure. people. I mean, you look at Goldberg and others. I, look at it like this. Think of the WWE roster in 2002 and 2003. And when you actually sit and read the entire roster they had, it's the greatest roster that they've ever had. Now, look at all the names on there that could have possibly been in a weekly WCW deal at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, and here's the other interesting thing too, is obviously WCW would have held a lot more weight as a name and a lot of people, I think a lot more people would have come back from a year-long hiatus of WCW and, and switch over to weekly pay-per-views. If NWA TNA didn't exist and it became WCW or NWA WCW, people would have immediately paid a lot more attention. There's a famous phrase, absence 
makes the heart grow fonder. You break up with someone, you haven't seen them for a year or two. Hey, holy shit, how you doing this and that? And you forget all the reasons or a lot of the emotions of why you broke up. But isn't that interesting? It just isn't that an interesting thought to think that if they would have just, if Eric would have would have taken that deal for the library and the name rights and everything else like that, and just sat down for a minute, just just sat down, recalculated, figured out the weekly pay per views, figured out okay, well we can't pay these guys this amount of money. They're underneath Turner's contract. Turner's going to pay off the rest of their their contract, but unless they sign for a crazy low amount, there's no way that they can come here. But I also think at the same point. There was a lot of guys that were in WCW that either didn't want to go to you know WWE or didn't make it in WWE that would have gladly gone back to WCW and continued their storyline and yeah. perhaps been more of a focus on the show. Right. Well, they you know, they yeah. would, they would have needed to have done one other very important thing. They would have needed to have found new writers, new creative. Because remember, they didn't they weren't hemorrhaging money because the economy was bad. They were right. hemorrhaging money. Because of the inmates running the asylum, people having creative control, uh, the story, the creative was not good. The storylines well, were hokey. Eighty-five important. title changes in three weeks. You know what I'm right. saying? So, if you would have came back with the same, you know, you know, behind the scenes people at the helm, you know, there's a reason why they were hemorrhaging that crazy amount of money before. What makes you think it would have been any different the second time around? Because NWA, if if you had attached NWA to that. NWA would have fucking done backflips to get back sure. in the game. So you could get, but I'm saying you would need to get some outside people to change oh, the yeah. aura. Oh, now, yeah, totally, totally. That was Dixie Carter's biggest problem. You know, they they couldn't get away quick enough from the Dixie Carter era. You know, this, that whole aura she about. I was just in love with Jeff Jarrett. I, I still stand by that mm. because I know that they were friends and they met in a parking lot or whatever <laughs> it was. But she was totally she. He was a country boy, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, he was married, but I I don't doubt for a moment that this country girl, you know, was absolutely just enamored by him. I He's a charismatic guy. Yeah, I think she was enamored by wrestling superstars, larger than life superheroes. Sure, sure. You know, because it's just you could see. I mean, wrestlers who had personal demons. Dude, she got herself involved in storylines, and she was a. Abysmal, yeah, abysmal, and the only reason she stuck around for so long wasn't because of the fans; it was because she wanted to do it. You think she's a press right now? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know, you go from that one extreme about always being around and being involved and having control and feeling like a, you know, like a, you know, like a, uh, an important on-air personality character. I think she, I don't think she, I, I, I look. We don't know. But right I don't there. think she's depressed. I think she probably misses. Oh, I you misses. Oppressed. No, no, no. You, I think <laughs> de depressed. No, 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 oppressed. Depressed? Yeah, I think she's probably. A little I think depressed. she misses it dearly. Because you know what, the, the reality is, at the end of the day, and and, and she kind of suffers from Vince Russo syndrome because she's blamed for the death of TNA and for a lot of people that really did believe in TNA. Uh, back in the day, they they wanted it to succeed. I I was one of those people. I loved TNA up until about 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought uh, it was it was great, and there was there was some real you know promise there. And I watched all the weekly. I still have all the weekly pay per views on a hard drive. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched them all. I was really into it. It was a fun show. It offered something different from what WWE was doing. And when Dixie Carter got involved, I think she had this grandiose plan where 
TNA one day would eventually become, if not as big, at least a solid number two, mm-hmm. a solid alternative to WWE. And I think by all intents and purposes, that was a nice dream to have. Yeah. But she just doesn't have the chops. Right. She wasn't the girl with the chops. Yeah. And it's not even, oh, she's a woman. And I know that there was wrestlers that absolutely said, you know, and even Vince Russo kind of fucking made that comment, too, that, you know, she's just a woman. What the fuck does she know? And I mean, that's not fair. I never right. thought that was fair. Right. Dude, I don't care if it's a woman or a dude. I agree. If you're tenacious enough, you will fucking go through hellfire to make something succeed. Right. And I'm she's gonna, not tenacious I'm enough. I'm going through it right now with This Week in Wrestling History every week. It's so fucking hard. It's so much time consuming. And I'm oh, trying, yeah. I'm like doing everything to try to make it them succeed. In the four hour show. Dude, you are literally an entire history vault right now. Well, I think- I, this week's episode will be a little bit sm- smaller, but uh, it's it's not because I'm being lazy, but it's just a lot of work. But it, I'm not comparing myself to her. I'm just saying the point that you really get tenacious and you put your hard work into something. You know, you 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 know, like look, people always say if you put enough work to it, you could be president, you could do this, you could succeed as long as you put the time and effort into it. And that is true. Um, I always looked at Dixie Carter. I'll I'll use this analogy that I never really have done before. Um, I don't think she or Jeff Jarrett or anybody ever thought that they could surpass WWE. I agree with you, the solid number two. I always looked at her like this. Let's say you have a number one restaurant in your town, like just a, a place 10, 15 minutes away, the best restaurant in the country happens to be 15 minutes away from your house prices are good very reasonable you could eat there every day if you want and you know people do go there every day and it's successful it's making crazy money it's got an unbelievable following everybody loves to go there you go there as well and then two blocks from your house you have another diner small you know it uh, it's got nice little niche food is okay you know, nothing spectacular, but it's decent. Business is fine. Not on the level of the other Price place. Prices are a little cheaper. Price is a little cheaper. You know, the place 15, 20 minutes away, you know, is, is tremendous. You know, 10,000 square feet. Yours is my only 1,500 square feet. Two thousand. But you're doing really, really well. And there's you always build, a line at the big one. There's always a line, and you, so you, you build this confidence. Then right. some real estate becomes available down the block from the big giant place and you start thinking to yourself you know i why can't we move down the block everybody wants to eat we put out good product we have people that come to our place so you know what tagline for a restaurant everybody wants to everybody needs to eat (laughs) our prices are reasonable so you know what we're not as big as the other one but hey We'll be on the same block. And you know what? Some people, for a change of pace, instead of going to the other place, they'll come to us. And then what happens? You move down the block. You debut on a Monday night. And then you realize that 85% of the people that go on that block to eat go to the other place. And now you only got eight people. Sure. But we we had lines in the past. How come we got nobody now? And then you realize you better, you should have stood where you were and right. maybe find another location that is not going to make people make a decision. Do I eat here or do I eat here? And I think that's where they really made the big mistake. Yeah, it took they took too big of a bite with not enough to fucking chew on. Yeah. 
You know, there's this, and that that's sadly that's the that is the story of Dixie Carter. Yeah, that yeah. is her end story. Yeah, you know, and eventually uh, people got tired of her and. They moved the company along, and, and now they're with Anthem, and Anthem is doing whatever the hell Anthem yeah, is doing. It's just, I, I said when they first signed up, they were going to focus mostly on the library, tread water, trying to make some profit out of it. But you could see now they're mostly Canada. Sure. And I think WWE sees that. You know, people are having this buzz, oh, they're working with Jericho. They're going on a boat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a big story this week. You know what I mean? If if Jericho shows up at the, you know, at an impact taping, even if he just plugs his cruise, all right, then I'll be okay a little bit more if he has a match here and there. But it's basically like, okay, you know, my I don't own the boat. I'm doing a cruise. Hey, you know what? We're having all these people. I mean, this is this. And look, it's. It, I think it's fine that Impact is going to be on the boat also. But when you actually look at it at the end of the day is you, the, the only people that might start following Impact because of that are people on the boat. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to watch because they're going to be on, on the same boat with Jericho. Have Jericho wrestle a match for Impact. Then I'll say, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a cool thing. You, you know, know the funniest thing about Jericho doing the boat cruise and stuff like that? I don't think I would talk to him about much wrestling. Yeah. I think I would sit there and talk to him about radio. I would sit there. You know what I mean? I'm telling I'd sit you, there man. And talk to him about working with Fozzie, and not necessarily Fozzie's music. That but was like doing tours. That's and doing broadcasting. Like I would be the asshole that everybody else is like. So what was it like wrestling? Oh uh, yeah, this kid, and I'd be like. No, dude. So what was it like hanging out with Opie and Anthony on Sirius XM all those years and shit? That's my you favorite know? memory of XPW. Behind the scenes, talking to Tracy Smothers about finance and insurance and business. <laughs> talking to Shane Douglas about, you know, teaching and stuff like that. Talking right. to Pogo the Clown as far as, like, truck driving and shit like that. Talking to, um, I think, Supreme about the construction business. I mean, talking about everything but wrestling. Chaos. Right. You, know, right. you know, I mean, it's just everything about it. That's the one thing that I will always just absolutely loved about doing behind the scenes stuff there. Just talking about everything but wrestling. And it was it was cool. It really was. See, that would be that would see that would be what I would want to do. And I know for a fact, and I know he invited me. You know, I know he yeah. invited me and Joey and, and, and John and stuff like that. And I know it was because of Dr. Delicious, which is a friend of our show, but I know he invited us. But if I spent the money to go on that cruise I would be that guy that would want to sit there and talk to him about shit that has nothing to do with wrestling. And I know, obviously, now, especially when he invited Impact on board, yeah, you know it's going to be a wrestling cruise, right? But you know, I was like, ah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Okada and Kenny Omega. I don't want to talk about you know your matches in WWE. Don't get me wrong; it's not a disrespect thing. But if I'm going to spend this money to chill out and hang with you, I want to talk about things that I really like. Even when I, even when I became. <laughs> A little friendly with sign guy Dudley, Lou D'Angeli, who used to work in ECW TV and behind the scenes. And we got, became friendly. We talked about hockey. And as to this day, I still remember, I think it was Jean Leclerc was his favorite player. I got him a Jean Leclerc autographed hockey jersey. Yeah. And just talking about, I can't speak for wrestlers, you know, that are, you know, on TV now. But I, I would not be surprised if, majority of them say that they probably enjoy having conversations with people about everything but wrestling. I mean, riding with other wrestlers 
and picking their brain and talking about wrestling? Yes, but I'm talking about outside of wrestling or fans and all this. I bet you they probably enjoy more talking about real life yeah, you know, outside of so. wrestling. You don't think it's invasive? I would think that they would find that invasive. Well, it depends on what you, you know. You, uh, nothing that I said involved talking about their wife and their kids and their parents. Well, yeah, or, obviously family. But I mean, even even other stuff, even other interests like that. Like, like okay, here we go. For example, if I would believe that me asking Chris Jericho about the in and out workings at SiriusXM would almost be invasive. Sure. However, if I was to ask Chris Jericho about hockey. That would not be an invasive exactly, question. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, And that's the sad thing, too, is because that invasive question would be the question that yeah. I'd want to If I about. ever had the opportunity to hang out or have a conversation with Kane, I could tell right. you probably three-quarters of our conversation, I would probably have the – and he probably would enjoy more, too, talking about insurance, political, climate, Things you like think that. you would talk? See, I think politics might get invasive. No, though. I'm not talking about publicly. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying, like you have opinions of. Well, look, now he's running for office. It's different. But before that, if he's not looking to run for office, and you just want to have a conversation about insurance and finance and political climate, and just you know throwing opinions back and forth, whereas there's not going to be like a recap or recorder or transfer, just two people just chewing the fat. Right. I, I think I would probably have a thousand times more fun talking about that than saying, what was it like to be Dr. Isaac Yankum? <laughs> you know, uh, you know I mean, there's yeah, nothing, right, right. There's nothing wrong with those questions a thousand times over. And still. there's nothing wrong with anybody asking questions like that. Just me, I just know from talking to people outside of wrestling, even if, if I would have done the podcast episode with Vince Russo, I know that probably. I still think you should. Well, we'll, we'll see. Waiting. We'll see. But I, I mean, I probably would say maybe half of the discussion would have nothing to do with wrestling. Probably see, just that would be interesting to me. Yeah, just talking yeah. about you know, like just regular conversation, and um, you know, but we we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah. Want to shout out some of our new and returning patrons: Cody Santos Santana Jr., John Morelli, Raymond Pagella, Killer Mosquito. Um, tonight, uh, Kev will be recording his Castle Chronicles solo show. So if mm -hmm. you sign up, you can actually catch that. You and I will be doing breakfast soup next week, and it's going to be uh, the return of Rapid Fire. I'm sorry, I'm telling you this now, but you know it's <laughs> going to be mostly Rapid Fire. It's going to be a very easy, down to earth episode next week. And uh, Patreon.com/slash Don Tony, also Patreon.com/slash Wrestling Soup. I mean the the global balding show that John does, and you know there's just a lot of the added content. And Joey just did uh, what side salad? I think he just did. No, me and Joey just did a, you a did, Frank and Gus show. I was just going to say, what the hell is that Frank and Gus thing? I mean, I, I mean, I know what it is, but I think a lot of people out there wouldn't know what it is. I saw the yeah. banner, and I was like, what the hell is Frank and Gus? <laughs> well, well we, I don't know how we got on the conversation. I think we were maybe we were talking about baby names again. I'm not sure, but, you know, as a kid, uh, my name was supposed to be Francis mm. or Frank. Okay. And Joey's name as a kid was supposed to be Gus. Mm. So that's, I mean, that there's the quick version of it. I mean, we made fucking jokes about the whole thing because it's, I mean, can you imagine me six foot six, <laughs> Francis? You know, <laughs> I always think of the movie Stripes. Don't you ever touch me again, Francis? Yeah. What was his last name? I can't remember his name right now. Francis something. He was, I know he was Spanish, Puerto Rican. I don't Francis something, but don't call me Francis. Francis. 
Uh, you no, know, they, no, his uh, name was Psycho. His n- name was Psycho. My name is Francis, but you could call me Psycho. If you ever, and, 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 and obviously this is why people don't play those clips any, anymore because there's a part where he says, if any of you homos, are, no, you can't do that no more. No. So, but uh, just um, check out both patrons. I'm telling you, you will absolutely have a ball. Uh, hundreds of hours of content that is not available to the listening audience. And not only that, more important than anything else, you help keep these shows free keep the bills paid, help us with expenses. I mean, we don't go on cruise. You know, I'm not saying you can't go on a Jericho <laughs> cruise, but, you know, it's not Patreon money that's doing it. Believe me, the amount right. of expenses for both shows, it's it's astronomical. Um, shout out to some of our associate producers, Tygsy Bowers, Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Charles Lentz, Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, the Evil Baker and Butcher, Croissant and Salami, I finally got them right. Billy Taylor, Michael Petruzzo, Nico Time, Simon Hoodie Hood, Carlitos Ortiz Carrera II, Hassan Al-Hashmi, Brett Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Alt Nahia, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh, Lucia Dalban, Dan Hayes, Valdez, Maningo, Chamberlain, and Josh Wilson. Get into more shout-outs a little bit later couple of sponsors once again if you haven't checked them out yet you're into like classic horror films texas podcast massacre link is on our website dontony.com tv tracks little vacation you know it's that like i said on monday the amount of work that's involved for what he does is just insane when people realize it uh but you could still find clips of our show and solo and others up there rock reviews very unique and entertaining music themed podcast uh, you can look at them up on YouTube on the name Rock Reviews. DJ Dells and his sneaker podcast doesn't just talk about sneakers only. I want to stress that. But every sponsor that we mention is unique, creative. You know, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And sure. it's just, you really, I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating. You look at every single one of the links for our sponsors and each one of them, you're like, wow, that's fucking different. That's interesting. Element yeah. Shah with his display store. It's pop culture artwork on metal. I'm actually trying to find something to buy there. I just can't figure out. He's got this Nintendo looking thing. It's he, go check it out on display. The link is on our website. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling collectible comic book needs, pop culture stuff. They have a, a great eBay store on the Subzero Comics and Toys. Crisis in the Toyverse. They have a podcast as well using the name Undercover Capes. Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have an Amazon store and an eBay store under the same name. Skyhawks Wrestling Collectibles is on eBay under the name Skyhawk28. IsaacFox.com. Blogs about wrestling and pop culture and a lot of other things. So it's pretty cool. Um, We have to talk about what went down yesterday. With WWE in California. Mm. For your consideration, I'm sorry, every time I hear those three words, I think of the episode of Married with Children when they're at the car wash and they can't find Al's car. And then they uh. realize that they can't find the car because it was clean and it's now a different color because of all the dirt that was washed away. And he opens up the trunk to make sure that his Biggins magazine is still there. Mm-hmm. And what's in the trunk with it? A photo of 
the Bundys, and it says, for your consideration, for Emmy. Family Guy did an episode also where they did a whole bunch of skits and it would freeze and frame and say, for your consideration, Emmy. Well, WWE thinks now that they could possibly win an Emmy. And yesterday at the Saban Media Center in North Hollywood, California, and for people that are going to ask, why did they do it in California? Because California, other than New York City, is the, the mecca as far as media goes and stuff like that. And unfortunately with New York City, you come to New York City and there really aren't venues where you could just show up with a you know short notice and have a whole bunch of media people there asking you questions. Mm-hmm. No. You go all the way to California to do it. And what they did yesterday, just to summarize it for everyone who may not be aware of it, they had Braun Strowman, Nia Jax, the Bellas, Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, New Day, Naomi, Triple H, Stephanie, and Shawn Michaels there. They showed clips of the Raw 25. They showed uh, highlights of the Mixed Match Challenge. And they showed the WWE 24 special Empowered about women in wrestling. And if you remember when we opened up this episode of Breakfast of Blasi, Mish brought up that famous line that Stephanie once said. What was it again, Mish? Philanthropy is the future of marketing. All right. Uh, Some people out there may not still understand what that means. Google it. But... They recapped yesterday. They talked about WWE, you know, just uh, just everything about the business. Right, right. Everybody got, you know, a chance to speak to the to the public, you know, that was there. Everything was filmed. Um, I kind of felt bad for Roman Reigns because people were reporting that he got booed out of the building, which was a lie. Um, and again, that's probably people who probably heard a podcast say it instead of doing research or looking it up yourself. Um, but out of everything that was shown yesterday and the whole goal of this appearance, this thing was so they can, for people to consider them for an Emmy for the empowered episode on WWE 24 and on WWE network. And that was about the, uh, the progression of women in wrestling. And when I watched the highlights and every person speaking and if everything that was said yesterday, one thing stuck out, and when I saw it, I kept thinking about you. I kept thinking about how you, you know, from day one, you know, put in people's heads about Stephanie and and this obsession because it is an obsession, mm-hmm. and I think yesterday proved that it's an obsession. Does she have heartfelt? feelings about wanting to see women empowered absolutely i think a lot of it is genuine but anyone out there go recap recently what gail kim said about stephanie that this women's evolution could have been done a long time ago um one thing stuck out yesterday and i like your thoughts on it and what stuck out to you charlotte got the mic and she said that wrestling is a male-dominated sport and that's a phrase that we've heard for forever. Right. As soon as she said that comment, Stephanie got on the mic. It, now, this is not Monday Night Raw. Right. This is at an event. No matter what that person says, you let them say it. You don't correct them, interrupt them, make comments about it. But soon as Charlotte said that this is a male-dominated sport, Stephanie got on the mic and said it was 
a male-dominated sport. And I saw that, and I was like, she is obsessed with wrestling to be 50-50, women and men. And I'm not saying this to be sexist. There are forms of entertainment out there that is dominated by women. Not every form of sport or entertainment has to be man, woman, 50-50. And Stephanie has this obsession that wrestling one day is going to be 50% men, 50% women. And unfortunately, in my opinion, all right, just the whole premise of wrestling and the you know just the foundation of what it is, this is a form of entertainment and a sport that is always been from day one you know, enjoyed, targeted more for the male viewer. All right, Most just just see adrenaline. You know, just everything about it. I'm and I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you the floor in in, in a second. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just everything about it. It's never going to be fifty fifty. If it does one day be fifty fifty, it's got to happen organically. You want to give divas a chance? That old you know hashtag. You want to give women the opportunity. I am one million percent behind it. But the fans have to dictate if women should be 50-50 in the product. And if you can't just keep forcing this is what it should be, this is what it was, this is what it is, take it or leave it, because look, you know, the women's revolution, look at the fucking ratings and look at this, what's big. I'm not blaming it on the women, but what I'm saying is, is that everybody is helping. It ain't helping. It's not helping. And if and if anybody out there says that it is helping, it, helping, then I'll throw this one at you. What the fuck would wrestling look like as far as ratings and numbers right now if the women didn't have the opportunity? Right. So she is forcing this and obsessed with it and she is just it's in my opinion it's got to happen naturally and honestly to me i still think wwe wrestling no matter how many women's matches they want to put on tv no matter how many photos they want to put on their website that's just ronda rousey and nia Jax, which i have a feeling that match is going to stick up the joint um not because of lack of work but you know like you said and joey said back at wrestlemania time you have three months to work on one match, you know, great. But, you know, other than that, I mean, where's her matches on Raw? Nothing, nothing. So I still believe that it's still a male-dominated sport. I think it will remain a male-dominated sport. I think that there will be a definite women's presence that will be more than 20 years ago, 15 years ago. 30 years. Look, yeah, yeah. My my thing is with this. Look, Stephanie McMahon is trying to force the WNBA on us. It's not going to work. Well, here's here's where oh, I disagree. Oh, not to interrupt NBA you. Is, go ahead. All right. Here's where I inter- interrupt you. Here's the difference. You don't have men playing on a women's WNBA team. You have two separate. If if she wants to have a separate product for the women. There's your WNBA, but you don't have men. Yeah, but WWE is the NBA. So you have the NBA and the WNBA, both owned by the NBA. The NBA in this scenario is WWE. Mm. So you have women that wrestle their own matches in their own divisions versus men who wrestle in their own matches and own divisions all underneath the same banner. Right, but 
here's the thing, though. If if the NBA now only had, you go to an NBA game, and now only two quarters of it are the men playing the game, and the other two quarters are the women playing the game, uh, something tells me that a lot of people are going to be like, I don't fucking want to see this. I, either well, I wasn't even looking at it like that. I was looking at it as like time wise. Right. Even even so, it, it fits the same yeah. uh, fulcrum of your your argument. It's uh, if if you projected, if you advertised and marketed and paid and put as much money as you do in the NBA as you do into the WNBA, and yet the crowds are still in favor of the NBA then you're just hemorrhaging money for right. no reason right. other than to try and exemplify inequality that uh, isn't demanded. Right. And I think that's – look, dude, I am the I am a huge women's wrestling fan. Sure. Always have. Sure. Always will. I'm probably going to end up going to the Death Becomes Her tournament, okay, which cool. is a tournament based out of uh, Sutton, Illinois. It's a death match tournament. I'm going to see women smash each other in the tits with a barbed wire baseball bat. <laughs> Okay, and I'm going to probably bring my oldest there because he's kind of interested in going. I'm expecting blood from pretty things all over the place. That's what I like in women's wrestling. I like seeing women fucking beat the shit out of each other. However, I know for a fact I am a niche audience. I am a very small amount, especially with deathmatch. Not only does this asshole want to see women's wrestling, but he wants to see women's deathmatch wrestling. What the <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I know where my niche is. But at the same point, I recognize that women in the past have been treated poorly by the company, by WWE. They've been treated like idiots. You know, women have been uh, degraded down to uh, sexual toy things. And, and I understand that. But the thing is, is not all women want to become super athletes either. Mm -hmm. Not every woman. Some women like being sexual toy things. You know, not all, some do, some don't, but the thing is, is that you need to keep the perspective of, look, this has always been a side product. So the main product, mm -hmm. I would compare the women and I, and I'm sure that there would be women out there that would be upset by this, but I would compare women to the cruiserweight division. I would compare women to the hardcore division. They are a division of the main product and the main product is men. Now, that's not to sit there and say that women have not invaded the main product before, Beth Phoenix in China, you know, and they've done well for themselves in a variant, but those are the exceptions well, to the rule. That's why people are upset with Carmella beating Charlotte this many times. That's sure. why they're upset with Oscar's streak being ob obliterated now, because WWE realizes that you have probably two to three major women's performers. You have Charlotte, you have um, Ronda Rousey, who, you know, by popularity, you have to put her on that list. You have uh, Asuka. Yeah. All right, Sasha Banks is not on that same level anymore. And, you know, look, she could be again, obviously. She's not bad. Bailey Liz isn't even on that same level anymore. Right. So She was just the champion at that right before me. Yeah. Right. But so right now, you only have two or three women that are the, you know, the Brock Lesnar, the Roman Reigns, the, you know, the, the major Braun Strowman's. I mean, I'm saying the major headliners for the women's division. So Stephanie is in a situation now where she's like, fuck, we only have three women who can main event possibly WrestleMania. We have to try 
to make that six, seven. So what do we do? We pull back Charlotte a little bit. We pull back Oscar a little bit. Ronda Rousey, you know, it's just popularity right now than anything else. I mean, obviously, you know, it seems like, you know, Ronda Rousey's career so far is destined to be, you know, like one major match every two two months or so. They don't know what they're look, and, and that could, but that all comes down to writing and booking. And, sure. and I got into an, uh, a discussion with someone, you know, and I think it was on Solo's page, it might have been somewhere else, but we were talking about it, and he still believes that. You know, WWE is holding back. They're holding back. And I'm like, I don't believe it's a case of holding back anymore. I believe that they can't. It's not a case of they won't do these things. It's a case of they can't. As much as they have the tenacity to want to drive the women into the next level, into the next century, if you will, um, the reality is, is that they can't. They don't know how to write for this product because they've never done it before. Right. They've never done it before. Women have never been treated as, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Since the 80s, women have not been treated as athletes. And even in the 80s in WWE, that was still kind of a sham because the reality was a lot of these girls that were wrestling uh, around outside of WWE were apartment wrestlers, folks. It was an attraction. Right. I agree with you. I agree completely. But it's got to happen more organically. But and they don't. Does. They don't know how. They they have nothing to base it off right. of. WWE recycles storylines. They've been doing it for a very long time. All wrestling recycles storylines. Sure, sure. They recycle storylines. They recycle angles. Sometimes they freshen it up by my making it appear to uh, uh, you know current modern trends and stuff like that. But the reality is, is the storylines you can pretty much point out a storyline that happened before that was exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But women don't have that. And unfortunately, a lot of men's storylines are non-transferable to women. Right. That's true. It's, it's, it could, I agree with you 100%. It just, you know, it doesn't feel organic. And the thing is, you know, people need to understand this too. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that WWE doesn't have an overall, you know, just a big um, chunk of entertainment. They do. There's something for everybody on the network. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's, they're overall, they're solid. But you have to understand, too, as the years progress and you look at cable, you know, TV and you look at mainstream, the big networks, not just the ABC, CBS, not just, you know, Fox and CNN, not right. just TBS and, and others, but there's also sports, you know, stations, ESPN and others. And as the years go by, it feels like the main, you know, things to watch on TV is news, reality shows, sports, and, you know, you have your syndicated shows, but for the most part, to get the big chunk of audience, you know, you got the sports, you got the news, you got reality shows, this and that. And when UFC is no longer on Fox... And what is Fox left with? Right. You know what I mean? So they don't have. Do you believe that they're a little unhappy with. Do you think that they're having buyer's remorse? Because I see that more and more now about people talking about this Fox deal, that there are people within the company that are really looking at these ratings lately and really having buyer's remorse. I'll tell you exactly what they have. And, and you know, of course, we're, we're just giving opinions here. But I'll tell you my yeah, opinion yeah. exactly oh. what it is. They had to overpay. 
they they needed something to be the niche of their network to stand out other than syndicated shows. And when UFC is on ESPN, or if you have Monday Night Football on this network, or basketball on this network, or Major League Baseball on this network, and you're left with nothing, you don't have many choices. So right. they overpaid WWE big time. And WWE, because of that overpayment, now has the luxury that they can they can branch out even more, try things. You know, they, look, they're going to try the XFL thing, and it's no secret. WWE didn't they buy some stock in the XFL that they actually own part of XFL? Because now with this crazy amount of money that they inked on this TV deal, you know they can try XFL again, and if it fails, all right, you know, look, we, we got a fucking, we're worth three, four billion dollars. You know, now losing a hundred million is not really that big of a deal. It's tax right. right. You know, so, but there's going to come a time where, you know, entertainment as far as cable TV is really going to shift into internet and streaming services. Oh, you hear, when, yeah, when Already you, has. Yeah, well, when you hear the rumors that YouTube, Facebook might be interested in WWE, Amazon, they're interested, but they're interested in a way like you or I looking at brand new cars and looking at brand new cars with only $5,000 in our wallet. Like or maybe ten thousand in our wallet, you know. Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll find a, an insane deal somewhere for ten grand. But if we wait a little while, now we'll have twenty grand in our pocket, and you know we'll be able to possibly afford the car. So I don't think they were ever seriously, in, in, you know, negotiations. But down the line, streaming services is going to catch up to cable TV a lot more. And, oh, yeah. and now, in order for cable networks to survive, they either have to grossly overpay. It, it's almost like when WCW used to pay wrestlers j to stay home just so they wouldn't go to WWE. Yeah, you know, it's like the net the network has to pay overpay for WWE so they don't leave to go to streaming service. Right. So UFC doesn't go to streaming service. That this or the sooner or later streaming service is going to really, really they made a dent already, but they're still microscopic compared to regular network TV deals. Sure. All right. And this is what people, you know, I've been saying this since nineteen ninety seven doing, you know, hotlines. You know, for anybody out there that thinks the ratings don't matter, the ratings absolutely do matter because how are these networks going to generate money to pay WWE for this TV deal? They have to get advertisers. They have to get sponsors. And mm -hmm. what advertiser or sponsor is going to want to pay? When you do the Super Bowl and they pay a million dollars for per minute for an ad, the reason why they're paying that kind of money is because they got 80 million people or 40, 50 million people watching the Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl only had 2.1 million people, people could be like, I'm not paying a million dollars for that. Right. So sooner or later, these advertisers, you know, how is ESPN or, you know, going to get that money back from UFC? Ad revenue, other ways, you know, right. other agreements. Fox, sure. how are they going to get the money back? How are they going to pay for this deal? They have to make it back. Otherwise, they're going to just keep losing money and losing money. I mean, do you realize the amount of ads that they have to spend not to 
you know, break even because there's other deals that they would do, specials and other things. All right, well, there's already talking. Uh, there was already talks about them getting like a Saturday night's main event. Yeah. There was already, well, okay, I should say rumors that they're going to get like a Saturday night's main event kind of put over to Fox. There's also rumors that they're going to do more with the tribute to the troops stuff. Right. So they're definitely going to get more than just SmackDown out of the deal. Uh, they're probably going to get a lot of the events, if not a majority of the events that uh, usually aired on Raw mm-hmm. or on USA. So I, I'm kind of curious about that. But yeah. even still, even if you add in an additional, let's be fair, an additional 10 shows a year. Okay, that's a crazy amount because I don't even think it would be 10 shows. Mm. But even if they threw on an additional 10 shows a year for SmackDown, I still don't know if they, that's that's worth that amount of they money. They overpaid. No, they overpaid because, all right, just look, play devil's advocate. If Fox didn't sign a deal with WWE, what were they going to replace uh, the all that? What was going to were they going to replace it with? Who could they have signed in place of it? Not UFC. Well, they were going to hold on to UFC. Right. Well, right. But the UFC deal was just way. You know, they couldn't. They couldn't do, do the deal, and UFC went to ESPN. Which is you know, yeah. and there was no guarantee that UFC. Which actually would, that throws me off because my whole thought process was UFC and WWE on the same network again would have been gold. Look, the first time that they were on Spike TV, mm-hmm. neither one of them wanted to do business with each other. Mm-hmm. But those times have changed, and UFC and WWE have kind of grown up a little bit. And I think that if they had WWE and UFC, and then, once again, this is clearly speculation because now it's not going to happen, but. My whole thought process was, man, they're already switching talent. They've already got guys from former wrestlers in UFC, and they've got former UFC guys in WWE. Man, could you imagine them both being on the same network and then sharing stuff here and there? I'll go one better. Could you imagine if they started doing live UFC uh, events every Monday night on ESPN? I I mean, that. Uh, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why that would be a mistake. Because I, I, it's not that all of a sudden you're going to have channel surfing. Yeah, you'll have some people do that. Oh, yeah, you will. Yeah, but totally. you're not, the products, you can't, You the difference is you can't do like WCW and WWE in the sense that we always wondered who was going to jump ship. You, right. You're not going to have John Cena show up at UFC. You know what I'm saying? So you can't have yeah, that. You could. You could have him sitting in the audience. Well, I'm talking about fighting like and stuff like that. Or but maybe even doing commentary. I think that shit could be a lot. I of fun. think. I think if they were both head to head, they both their ratings would suffer over it. I think they, that's a case where it would be interesting because could you imagine if people turned off Raw to watch UFC? I mean, those two networks, I don't, I don't think they would. Yeah, but you don't do that in 2018 because everybody has DVR. Yeah, I know, but you got, but again, advertisers. That's that's the big right, thing. You know, right. when Dixie used to tell people, oh. Let you me know, ask you a question then because this is something I don't know about advertising. You know, I know in the old day with the Nielsen ratings and stuff like that and then the blocks, you know, advertisers were dictated, you know, uh, after the show went off the air, they would, or after the show went to, to break, they would actually gauge the commercials and how many people sat through that break. Mm. Now, in 2018, with DVR technology, do the advertisers still get the pay when people watch something on DVR? Well, yeah. I mean, look, it, it advertising 
is negotiated between the network and the per the company that wants to advertise. Right. Correct. You know, even if you want to use the local example, you know. But no, what I'm saying is, do those numbers count? Like, right, okay, well, example, after three days, those numbers don't count. So, if you really want to fuck over WWE, but you want to watch the product, you watch it three days later. Well, I look at it like this. Okay, Dixie Carter. I actually covered this recently on an episode of this week of wrestling history. Um, couple of you know, couple of weeks ago, I think it was. It was the anniversary that she went on social media and she told fans that if you get a DVR TNA, please watch it within seventy two hours. Yeah, because yeah. she thought that that rating would would give them more uh, leverage and negotiating power. With the network to say, look, here's how this this would this is our rating for DVR during a week. This is our live viewers. She then could say, look, this week total combined we had this. So when they negotiate to to stay on the network or to get if they get any type of percentage of advertising revenue, whatever whatever it was, I'm not saying right. that they did. The more viewers, the more re you know, the more leverage you have to negotiate. So now when a network negotiates with a with a company to advertise, the network will go to that company and say, WWE averages X amount of live viewers on Monday night. They also average X amount of DVRs viewers uh, on this streaming service, on whatever the streaming service is. So the number of people who DVR, that number does come into play when a when a network negotiates it's just that on the it's not anywhere near the level of live tv right you know so yeah it does come into play but it's not like you know that uh because two million people dvr'd it this week that this is how much the the ad is going to cost you this week oh yeah five hundred thousand extra no they when they give their overall um portfolio they show okay this is how many viewers they get live this is the average of the dvrs per week and this and that and then they offer their price to the to the to the company or they negotiate sure. a price but yeah the dvrs come into play but they don't want you know let me put it like this if you're going to get a million people to dvr an episode of raw wwe would rather have that million dvr within the same week, the mentality, so they could add it as part of the average weekly numbers. They don't want 500,000 this week, 200,000 the week after, 100,000 here. And you would think that the overall numbers would still be solid because, yeah, if 100,000 viewers of this week's Raw watched it next week, you still have the other DVRs for next week's Raw. So that's the thing that made Dixie Carter's comment sound so dumb. Right. You know, but um, no, it's all part of the negotiating deal. But like I said, you know, for people that think the ratings don't matter, you know, you have uh, Fox that's going to go to advertisers and say, hey, we got the Super Bowl, 60 million viewers, million dollars a minute. And then they say, hey, we got WWE, 2.3 million viewers. You know, how much are they going to pay? You know what I'm saying? It's not... And and wrestling is still simulated violence, and not every advertiser is going to want to advertise on wrestling. Right. So it's going to be really interesting. I is it's buyer's remorse because they overpaid. Right. That's right. all. That's what it is. When and remember, they signed WWE after UFC signed with ESPN. 
Yeah, no, I know. You understand what I'm saying? So once ESPN was gone, what they needed to replace them. And not only that, their existing sponsors. Well, they were negotiating before, to be fair. Yeah, sure they were. They needed. They were totally they, negotiating the idea. So the idea was at least kicking around somebody's can. They had to negotiate all this time because they couldn't be left with nothing. Because remember, if Fox would have been left without UFC and didn't negotiate with WWE at all, the sponsors are going to say, we're out of here. Right, right. So that's why the deal was signed so quickly to UFC because it didn't give chan a chance for their sponsors to say. Well, Fox is really hurting, aren't they? I mean, overall, yeah. now that they've lost ESPN and now that uh, pretty much 80% of the entire company has been chunked out by Disney. Dude, ESPN Fox is having problems too. Look at all the people yeah. that they've laid off over the last couple of years. They didn't all of a sudden come into money or inheritance. Right. They just, there's not many big time niches left. Which is really weird because sports TV, sports radio was a powerhouse for almost the last 10 years. Yeah. Well, it's there's always going to be baseball. There's always going to be basketball. Yeah, but there's always hockey, always football. Right, right, right. right. I but, mean, even people fucking watch and listen to golf. Right. There's a golf channel. But the more streaming services you have, the right. more people that are leaving watching networks. And, you know, that's why cable prices go up. Because there aren't as many people subscribing to cable. So in order to maintain it, they have to sign a deal where $10 on my cable bill goes to ESPN, even though I don't fucking watch it. Right. And I don't have a choice to say, oh, keep that out of my subscription. I don't watch sports. You, no. You have no choice. You right. have to pay it's that. the deal that they worked out with yeah. Time Warner or Comcast or whoever. I'm telling you. Five years from now, it's re people remember. Have you about cutting the cord? Five, well, no, no. I, I, I still have cable, and I, I will keep it until further notice. I, I, But YouTube now has their streaming service. DirecTV is on Roku. They advertise 50 channels. When they start getting towards 100 channels, and you realize, okay, I can have 100 channels for, for 40 bucks, right. that's when I'm seriously, seriously going to consider cutting the cord. We're at the point now, at least in our house, that we watch more Netflix and more Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, and we do regular TV. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for uh, uh, Game of Thrones, because we we ditched Walking Dead, we're waiting for the last season of Game of Thrones, I think, and then once that that hits, we're done. Yeah, because I mean, everything that you know, I, I, I see more entertaining stuff on Netflix and Hulu. Five years yeah. from now, I'll make a prediction. Five years from now, streaming service is going to be two, three, four, five times bigger than what it is now. And either these networks are going to have to overpay even more because there's just no options out there. Or the minute that YouTube and Netflix or Facebook or Amazon grabs UFC or grabs WWE or grabs, you know, some. I think it'll be Amazon. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Amazon is the next one. Amazon's definitely the next one. Well, Amazon just, uh, what are they, override Google as the biggest company on yeah. earth? Amazon, yep. Ten so. years you know, ten years from now, you will have UFC or WWE or something else. Maybe WWEs will be on just in a network. I actually said that about a year or two ago, that the future of WWE programming, Raw and SmackDown, is on the WWE network. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, I hope that that ends up being the way. You know, and the other interesting thing, too, is uh, and just a little conversation about it because i haven't really talked about it in a minute but 
Uh, I was very happy to know that the cable companies kind of uh, lost out with the uh, net neutrality decision. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, and I'm I'm actually very happy about that. I'm I'm kind of noticing, and I don't know if I'm I'm thumbing my own nose at this, but kind of noticing I'm having a lot of cable problems lately since that decision. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that they are, you know, maybe not, you know, going out of their way to, you know, I still have issues with my internet and cable. In fact, I, I swear on my parents, I swear on a stack of Bibles. Something really weird happened last night. I was, I was up until almost four o'clock this morning. Yeah. You and I were communicating online and, you know, I was sure. doing so, but I fell asleep around four o'clock and I woke up at six because I had to get up and get my stuff ready for work today. And I go and hit the remote because uh, I have one of these Harmony remotes that you, you know, it's all digital. You push the network and it changes the channels, turns the TV on, turns the amp on, everything. Yeah. I hit the button to go to the network and instead of doing channel 202, it's just doing zero, three, five. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with my um, remote? Remote. So yeah. I reboot the remote, and this is 6 o'clock in the morning, and it's not working. So I go inside, and I get the regular Spectrum remote. I fucking press channel 202, 7, 8, mm. 1. So I'm like, okay, this is not just that. It's the cable box. Right. So I turn the cable box off, and I go in the other room, and I turn on this, the service in there. Same fucking thing is happening. So it was the cable. Cables having these weird things happen. It's never I happened think before. Ready to do something, dude. I really think that the cable companies, you know, they're they've gotten so greedy that now they're they're going to punish people. Yeah, yeah. And if you think that, and this is my thought, because if you remember, back in the day when I really snapped about Comcast and I lost my shit, I actually had somebody who listened to the show, who was apparently very important in Comcast immediately send us over the fucking white glove service. <laughs> That's the good. The next day we had fucking guys come in here. They're drilling new holes in the wall. They're replacing all the fucking equipment. Like, I mean, these guys went through everything and I didn't, I didn't ask. It wasn't like I said, Oh, if somebody at Comcast, no, dude, they fucking hit me up. Mm. So now when shit like this happens with net neutrality and everything else like that, and now all of a sudden we're having issues, I don't doubt that I, I, I don't doubt at all. I know for a fact that there are important people in Comcast that have absolutely listened to Wrestling Soup and absolutely your cable company, I think you have Time Warner, have absolutely listened to the Don Tony Kevin Gassel show. Yeah, I, I've gotten little messages. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there are, even though they will never come forward, they will never say, hey, we're a big fan of your show because that's probably some kind of confidentiality thing, blah, 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 who knows. Mm-hmm. You know, and it puts the, the, the company at a risk. But I, I don't doubt that these same people know who their biggest fans and detractors are. Yeah. And that's why there was one guy on social media the other day who was taking a little shot towards me, uh, Jay. But Jay's a good, good people. So I, yeah. I went along with it. He's like, oh, I was listening to some goofy podcast the other day, which, which I, I am goofy at times, so I take that with a badge of honor. And he says, you know, I was talking about how, you know, with the product and this and that, and he's like, he hasn't, you know, like if, if you don't like what you're watching, like he went in his whole, and I saw you commented on there also, and he's basically saying like, look, if you don't like the WWE product, then you really take need to take a stand and you don't watch it and you don't do this. And when enough people don't watch it and, you know, and I'm like, you basically what the guy was 
trying to say is, look, if you don't like something that bad, yeah. then you don't watch it. You know, but the funny thing is, I was there's a lot of thing of a lot of aspects of wrestling that I do like. It's not just you know Monday's Raw happened to be the drizzling shits, mm-hmm. but usually they always find something that you know is halfway decent out of it. But no, I think when you speak out and you voice complaints and frustrations, and a lot of other people feel the same way, you know, I, that's how people take notice. You know, sometimes. When ratings go down, if nobody complains on about it, you'll blame the economy. You'll say it's cyclical. You'll blame it on the playoffs. You'll but oh no, we're good. It's just that people are finding other ways to listen to us. But now instead, you hear a lot of people saying, "No, your, your product sucks," right? Or it's it's not as good as what it used to be, or we have a big problem with this. Now all of a sudden, you realize, okay. You know, maybe this person is not paying attention to me in this relationship because there's something wrong, not because we're busy working all the time or we're busy. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to people need you go to a restaurant and they give you a little card and you want to anonymously comment about how was the food? How was the service? How was this? How was that? You know, if the if the, 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 the people stop going there and you are sure that your food is good. You know, if you start reading cards and people are saying, no, you know, the food is not as good as it used to be. This was tough. Then you realize, okay, maybe we do have a problem with our product. Right. You can't blame, oh, well, you know, maybe not a lot of people go out to eat anymore because the gas prices are high. You know, you need feedback. You know, if you don't want to watch, don't watch. But you should also be vocal about it and tell people why you don't watch. You know, keeping silent, just having the ratings go down, I don't think that helps at all. Nowhere near. You want people to understand. If you if somebody isn't happy with something, you want them to speak out. But sure. it, you know, That's and that and I say that with my shows all the time. Never feel like you can't criticize stuff that I do, but at least give me legitimate reasons why. You know, when someone wrote on the the other day that they turned off the first twenty minutes of the show Monday because I power talked about yeah. HIPAA laws. I'm like, motherfucker, you know, that's your excuse? I power talked? Right. You know, this this is the way the shows are. You don't like it, don't listen. That's my thing. But if you say to me, you know, I think he was being a little bit too critical about this or, you know, it, it, you know, he spent way too much time talking about this, then I could say, okay, maybe I need to cut down on this or maybe I need to take a step back. And I purposely, I told you before we went live today, I said, you know, I'm going to indirectly, directly apologize to some of the people online because the last couple of days, you know, I was a little bit snapping back, you know, because I know you know, when we had the discussion Monday about the CM Punk stuff, you know, I looked at all the testimony and I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Right. And when I noticed that, like, every website out there and almost every podcast out there is writing something wrong, saying something wrong, this is an ad. And a lot of people that listen to our show, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about that? What do you think about this? And then I realized that they're telling me this based on websites giving them wrong information. Of course I'm going to speak out about it. But, you know, me, I, I, at the end of the day, whether it's this show or any of the others, I want people to listen because we're good, not because other people are bad. That's that's really what it is, but um, 
you know, and, and I'm sometimes I get a little passionate at what I say because, you know, like I said, I never said Monday one way or the other if CM Punk was going to win or lose. If anything, I said I hoped he, he'd win. Right. But right away, people are like, oh, uh, DT was wrong. CM Punk won the case. I never fucking said that. Right. You know, I took both sides of the aisle to explain what he could have problems with. I didn't say, oh, these inconsistent text messages, he's fucked. He's fucked. I mean, people will, you know, saying, oh, he's going to, you know, Amon's going to lose his license. He violated HIPAA laws. I mean, it's one of the dumbest things around. If, if he was in jeopardy of, uh, he ain't stupid. He's got lawyers no. there. They looked That's at all of his stuff. You don't think the lawyers said to him, hey, you know, you shouldn't have talked to this person about this. And if the lawyer would have said to him, look, if we go to court, you know, the, and this is brought out there, you might lose your license. I guarantee you, Dr. Amon would say, you know what, fuck it, let's not sue. Right. You know what right. I mean? I mean, you know, I, I have no problem with anybody, you know, with a website or a podcast giving an opinion. But when they write, oh, there, I said it. Remember these words. Mark my words. This is that. He's done. He's cooked. He lost his license. You watch. This. You know Never I mean? absolutes ever. I hate They're, absolutes. You want, you want, a, you want a fucking uh, a podcast tip? Never fucking work in absolutes yeah. ever. We don't do absolutes. We were an opinion show. If I say, you know, in my opinion, or I feel this, or this, that, fine, you know. But man, you know, you, you know, you know, you heard it here first. You, you, you know, can there. Absolutes to be dramatic. People say never and always all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these are these are dramatic uh, absolutes. But to actually voice an opinion based. In a complete absolute is just it's silly. yeah that's that's the thing that probably annoys me the most about shows and websites that I criticize right because the and like I said I don't say anybody individually because I I don't want you know to start shit with people I mean, right no of course not. you know I mean people out there could you know go I bring it to their to everybody's attention so when you go on a website and you see that something is written completely off. And he using absolutes, then you can figure out who I'm talking about. But, you know, when I said yesterday that none of the podcasts and websites that I call Goofy are anybody that's part of the extended DTKC Soup family, I mean that. Because everybody that we're friendly with and associated with are very intelligent and smart. And I'm sure. not just pandering to them. All right, so you know, like Shanine and no, no, not I'm not talking. I'm talking about the 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 real goofy people online, you know, the the ones that, uh, you know, I'm not, and I don't want to stop bringing up examples because people start, you know, oh, you're talking about him, yeah, yeah, you know, I just like it is a treacherous world to try and walk both sides of the crack. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I respect anybody out there that does a podcast or does a website. It's hard work, right? You know, but. You also need to understand, and this is why I, other than you and Solo once in a while, and you know, I do listen to a few people here and there, I, but the reason why I don't mention their names is because if I say, hey, I listened to Shanine the other day, uh, his, his podcast, just saying, for example, then someone will say to me, oh, you should check out mine, or how come you didn't listen to mine? Oh, you should, this. so I, that's why. I got that the other day, too. I don't know if you saw that. I was actually posting in one of the threads, and, uh. Uh, a guy's like, yeah, I do a YouTube podcast, and and you guys should come listen to my show. And I'm like, oh, just you know, just some advice, dude. You're not a podcast if you're doing shows on YouTube. Yeah. And he responds back. He's <laughs> like, don't big time me, bro. Yeah. 
And I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not big timing you. I'm just letting you know that it's a physical word difference. Doing shows on YouTube is not a podcast. Podcast refers to iTunes and iPods and it's an audio cast Mm -hmm. where YouTube is video. Right. You know, he, but he got offended by it. Like I'm trying to be some kind of big time asshole and trying to, dude, I'm not, I was just like, I only said, I wasn't even trying to be smarmy when I originally said it. I just said it because I was just, I don't know. You corrected it, him. Podcast, dude. Yeah, you corrected yeah. him. That's all. You weren't trying to be a dick, but he took it that I way. I wasn't. But yeah, See, but he took it like that. It's like, uh, if you know who I was, that, if you knew how much help I offer people all the time, I would be the last person you would think that's trying to fucking yeah. big time you. you and, know? and I said this publicly yesterday, and it's not anything Kev would be upset about, but that's why I don't interact with Kev when he says that he heard this person's podcast that said this. Because I don't want to be a show giving opinions about other people's opinions. If it's uh, a if it's a famous wrestler, fine. If it's you know someone that we all like you or something like that, fine. Sure. But but what happens is that I don't want you know like if I hear something that's stupid, not not us, but I'm saying if I hear something that's stupid, I'll say that oh, you see hear the stupid shit going around about you know oh you know uh, Brock Lesnar's going to overtake a record and well, you also don't want to embarrass the right person. I I don't want to have to be PC and bite my tongue and not mention the person's name so I don't so when you know like he said oh I listened to JD from NY or I listened to Solo or I listened to Snat I don't want to do that because I did that once with Solo Monster. When he talked about the Shield being a greater faction than the Fabulous Freebirds were, mm-hmm. all right, and I, you know, I voiced how I felt about it, and I still get lambasted to this day about it. I was just expressing an opinion why I disagreed, but right. that's why I don't do it because, you know, if he brings up a podcast and I react to it and I disagree, or if I think something is really really dumb. Yeah, I'll be, you know, nice about it and maybe not say the words that I want to say. But even if I do, like you said, all you did, that person is correct at the YouTube thing. That person got all upset. I don't want to get anybody upset. So I'll just use a generalistic view. But I swear, stack of Bibles, anybody that is part of the extended DTKC slash soup family, you're not in the boat of goofy podcasts, stuff like that. And. You know, it's not because we're all friends. No, it's because we all, you know, in our ways, you know, we have different opinions. But like I said, you don't do those absolutes and neither do they. And, you know, it's it's a totally different animal out there. So Absolutely. That, yeah. Absolutely. Um, before we go, I uh, just want to shout out a couple of uh, additionals, um, sponsors and associate producers. Jason Pratt, Toby DeShong, Scott Woodford. Hope you're feeling better, my friend. Keep Battling the the good fight with your recovery, yeah. C.J. Uihar, Crestman, James Deal, Anna the Gay Banana, Julian LeBlanc, Frank O'Shea, Carl Buteau, aka Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, Brandon Rice, Marcus Antonius, Douglas McKay, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Razorback Rob, Daniel Warren, Michael Cuomo, and Murrow Coombs Jr. I want to thank you for your support as always, and again, everyone, Patreon.com/slash Don Tony. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Soup. You know, sign up for a month. Trust me, you will absolutely love both networks. You will have hundreds of hours of content, very unique podcasts that we all do, and you'll be helping support the shows and keep these free for everybody. So, 
Uh, I know, we, you know, there's a lot of other topics we could ta- cover and, you know, there's all across well, the gamut. Like, for some other stuff tonight, obviously. On yeah, soup. you got wrestling soup tonight, 9.15 p.m. Eastern Standard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, throw other topics out there. I know that you and Joey plan on really getting into today. But for for the most part, I knew we would have a fabulous discussion about CM Punk and the women yes. with the WWE stuff. And, and I'm and, glad we talked about it, too, because like I said, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are painting you in a in a, in a corner on this, saying that oh, I, you want CM Punk to lose, and it's like, no, no, I, I'm it, not. I didn't. This is not a defense episode. I don't defend. No, you know, like not, I, I back everything I say. I this shit up because I mean, you you are gonna have detractors out there that are going yeah, you, to everybody has to askew your truth. Yeah. You know. So. I, well, I'm glad we had this discussion. Fabulous, fabulous, and I thank you for taking some time out, doing the spur in a moment because. Five minutes before we went live, you didn't even know we were going to do this. So That's right. <laughs> All right, Mish. Be well. I'll talk to you uh, this weekend. All right, TT. Take it easy. Take care, my friend. Okay, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back in two weeks, June 20th, with your next episode. Follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony, at DonTony.com. And once again, Patreon.com slash DonTony. Everyone be well. I will catch you all soon. Ciao, everybody. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found myhealthpolicy.com. With myhealthpolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. Myhealthpolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com.